We are live. What's up, everybody? Ryan here, and today I am with Kit Lachlan. Now, if you don't know Kit, then you don't know stretching. I would just say that. <laughs> this man, uh, we actually, this is funny because this is our second time communicating um and we will share the full unedited version of our unexpurgated completely (laughs) uncensored yes well we have got a treat for you today uh kit like you know passing joke on the flexibility thing but basically y'all think jarlo's the man on stretching well you're wrong it's actually kit and today you'll see why. Hey, Kit, thank you for being here with me today. Uh, let's just get going. Give us a little bit of a background on who you are and what you do, besides okay. being awesome. Okay. <laughs> besides being actually, you know, one of the one of the attendees on the on the workshop we just finished on the weekend, he said, you know what, a new tagline for you guys. Uh, I, I mean, we hear this kind of stuff all the time. I said, oh yeah, what what that? Look, do I look sweet? You know, and interested. <laughs> Um, and he said, "You guys deal in awesomeness." Awesome. And, and I thought, oh, "Okay, I actually quite like the sound of that one. Not quite sure how we're going to make that work, but anyway." <laughs> yeah. A quick bit of background: I'm an old guy, but I've been around um, the physical culture world, for want of a better term, for a very long period of time. I was an elite athlete when I was in my late twenties, which actually is quite um, elderly, relatively speaking, for most of the distance runners that I was competing with then. I was occasionally competitive at a state level, depending on who turned up, um, and that, of course, was governed by injury. That is to say, the people who didn't turn up were the people who were broken, and anyone who comes from an athletic background will know that that's actually more common than uncommon. So I was a distance runner, and in those days in Australia, following the Percy Serity model, I had a coach, a guy called Jack Pross. We used to run 100 miles a week in the winter training season, and that is a brutal, 160 k's a week for those of you that don't speak miles. That is a brutal stress to put into the body, and that would be three months of every year. Massive, massive stress. And I, of course, had all sorts of physical problems in my own body, but and but I was relatively strong, um, and I certainly was aerobically very fit. I had a resting pulse rate of 42, um, all that sort of thing. But it wasn't until one day at the gym and someone caught me, someone actually photographed me. This is before the era of iPhones, by the way. So we're talking about a real camera with something called FILM, film, a crazy concept. What? But, you know, not instant. I know, I know. And so anyway, this guy took this photograph of me trying to touch my toes and I got my finger down to about my knees or maybe a bit past my knees. When I say a bit, I'm talking, you know, that past my knees. And he put it up on the gym wall at the HK Ward Gym in Sydney, which is a very famous um, gym for athletes and Olympic lifters and powerlifters too these days and he wrote underneath it rubber man and and it was only then that i thought well you know maybe just maybe just maybe some of the pain in my body had to do with the fact that i was just so damn tense so i went cut a long story short i was a television director in those days i was the national director of nationwide on the abc i've made lots of documentaries including one called starring arnold schwarzenegger too which we talked about in the other did we not talk about that we did we did not we did not the comeback um there's a couple of ripped off copies on youtube if you look for it um he came out to australia to contest well he was officially a judge on the program he was a judge for the 1980 mr olympia contest but in fact he was in training for conan the barbarian and John Millius, the director, said, Arnold, we want you as big as a house. Now, look, I really think I'm getting a little bit off the topic here, but 
Um, I made this documentary starring Arnold, and I lived and trained with those guys for two weeks while they were out here. And it was it was a remarkable experience. And I went to Japan, as you are in yourself, except I went to um, a little place called Kitakuri Kurihama, um, so about an hour out of Tokyo. I was a live-in student at a martial arts dojo. I had my 30th birthday in Japan. And, and this is now getting to the crux of the matter. My martial arts teachers could not understand how a 30-year-old male had been doing martial arts for 10 years, and I'm sure this is a familiar story to you, Ryan. How come you're not flexible? Exactly. And they had absolutely no techniques for making a tense, adult, male, strong body flexible. These guys had all become flexible. There's a thing in, in Japan which is still used, I think, called Radio Taiso. You might, yes. you might know oh, it. Yes. Radio, yes, radio exercise every morning. Yeah. every morning and every afternoon in school, um, every morning. And, and factory workers still do you know, yep. things that look a bit like calisthenics and so on. And that's a whole other story too. And incidentally, the, the exercises that are regarded as traditional in martial arts are not traditional at all. A friend of mine did his master's thesis on them. They were actually introduced during the turn of the last century, the same time that Shiatsu came into Japan and, and, and or sorry, Shiatsu was created in Japan from Anma and chiropractic. And so really, Shiatsu is only about 100 years old. And in the same way, calisthenics came from Denland, Denmark and Finland. Mm -hmm. And those calisthenics included things like duck walks and all those kinds of things. They all were regarded, once a, a generation or two of teachers had gone by, they were all regarded as the standard ways of becoming flexible and how to become strong and so on, you know, handed down as the 11th commandment. Yeah. It, and it's simply not true. It's just not true at all. Anyway, cut a long story short, I was in a war gym, a Kuyakusho gym, and... And as Ryan will know, every even a small town area has its ward gym, and it, you know it's full of things like, well, nothing as elaborate as Nautilus machines, usually a few universal machines and a chin-up bar if you're lucky, yeah. um, and leg press machines and all those other rather old-fashioned devices. But I did find a use for the Smith machine, and this is what it was: I, I was sitting on the ground one day with my legs apart, doing the, doing what we we now call the pancake, right? Um, and I, I reached out towards the bar, which was set at a very low height, and I held it, and I, it was just far enough away for me to reach. And I guess I was about 45 degrees from vertical in that position then, so it's so pretty tight. But I remember holding that bar, and for some reason I decided to just straighten my back and pull back against the bar, and I could feel the, the muscles, which I've since come to learn, are called gracilis and the inner hamstring. I felt them contract very strongly, and I thought, oh, yeah, they're the muscles that are limiting me from this movement. But then, and this was the this was the, the major breakthrough, I mean, of course, I was discovering something that people have known about for a long period of time, like, as we all have to do. I mean, we now know it as PNF stretching, uh, but I'll talk about that in a moment. But what I found was that after I'd done that pulling back on the bar, and I'd relaxed, and I very cautiously, because I'd pulled those groin muscles at least, at least three or four times before, you know, in, in the earlier days. But I found that I could definitely get three or four, maybe even five inches further. So I devoted the whole workout to just playing around with that technique. And by the end of the little workout, I knew I'd rediscovered something. And so now I'm, I'm fast forwarding through through two best-selling books and a, a whole bunch of other things. We've, we've taught and used that system at the university for 27 years. We had classes running 35 classes a week at one point there. And you've and, got speaking of books, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but, not at all. You know, you've got just so many books out and in different languages. Um, mm. Actually, last time we spoke, you said uh, your recent. 
Overcome neck and back pain. Russian? Was it yeah, Russian? Yeah. Is that correct? Uh, it, 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 overcome neck and back pain has been yeah. translated, and, and it, believe me, that was not an easy process. But that's just <laughs> that's a story for another time. Um, but it's been translated into Russian, and that is a massive, massive market. And this yeah. company seems to be on the up and up. Um, that's great. They've, yeah. they've already they've actually paid me some actual money, which is you know, that's nice. You know, we're, we're, that's very nice. nice. <laughs> and, and 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 we're also producing some things which which. Um, uh, specialist flexibility tools. We, we call it we call it stretch therapy for gymnastic strength training or GST, ah, which of course is exactly the same stuff that you guys are into. And the reason I'm so excited to find that you're going to be teaching here um, in June is that you know you're teaching at one of my best friends' establishments. I've only known the guy for about I think 20 years or something. And you're going to be there, so I'm going to run a little workshop before that, and, and I'm going to do your workshop. I'm going to be a dutiful student. I'll be down on my knees, and, and I'll be is... very respectful. Until and you gonna, start leading the stretch portion of our yeah, GM yeah. class, yeah. So, uh, and then I'm going to get, I'm gonna get you, you down yeah. on the floor, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's let's get into some questions if that's cool. You know, we've got, uh, our, you know, our thing with GMB is we're not athletes. I mean, you know, I used to do gymnastics a long time ago, but I am not an athlete. But you know. Nowadays, a lot of people are like, they want to train like an athlete, okay? Well, let's take a look here at stretching in terms of athletes and us regular people. Are there, do we need to stretch differently than athletes, professional athletes out there? Let's, let's talk about what kind of professional athlete, because supposing you're a professional powerlifter and there are such people, then what you need in the way of flexibility, well, you don't need any flexibility. You need to be able to bend down until your thighs are parallel to the ground and you need to be able to lift a humongous amounts of weight up. And also with all the suits they wear these days um, and the actual massive physical development that they all have no matter what weight class we're talking about, if you watch a guy a powerlifting competition, you'll see that their elbows really don't bend past 90 degrees. Now, when you and I do, if we were to do a bench press, not that we ever do bench presses, we much prefer body weight exercises like you do, or even better, um, I saw there's a photograph of you doing a, a push or about to do a push up on the rings. Yeah. That way, that way you can get a full range of movement, and that's much more interesting to what we're interested in now. But the fact is, when you do a full range of movement push up or a full range of movement dip, the elbow joint actually closes, and your shoulder and wrist almost touch each other right in the bottom position. Whether you're doing push ups or the power lift is just a half movement. Now, I'm, I'm not saying anything negative about this, that you're massively much stronger in that end of the range of movement than the end of movement that you and I play around in. But they also have a huge uh, rate of injuries, as you probably know. Shoulder injuries are rife in powerlifting, um, and everyone's pushing the boundary, of course. And what that means, it doesn't matter what weight class you're in, if you're pushing the boundary, then you're getting closer and closer to some point at which your body's going to break or some part of your body's going to break. Now, as you said, we're not athletes, not in the way that we're talking about professional athletes. And these guys, less basketball players or baseball players or football players in, in America, for example, they're a whole other breed. <laughs> and um, none of them need to do front splits or side splits either. Mm -hmm. um, and also it's worth mentioning that among athletes, and we class ballerinas, ballet dancers, male and female dancers as athletes too, they're the only ones who, who suffer stress fractures of the hips. Most people are not aware of that, but the reason is that the joint is stressed in a way that clearly it's not designed for. We're definitely the outer edges of performance, and not to mention they have all sorts of eating disorders too. It's very common amongst female dancers in particular. 
and as a result, weakened um, hip joints, blah, blah, blah. But for people like ourselves, I mean, one of the reasons why I like to, I don't actually talk about training anymore either, by the way. We talk about playing in our gym. Right. We run we run a gym called the Monkey Gym, and I know you've got a logo. Mm-hmm. I think you've got a monkey logo, yes, don't that's you? Correct. Well, yes. the, mon- the monkeys are perfect. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what we want. We want to be noisy, rambunctious. We want to be able to drop out of the, the trees, you know, 20 feet down on the ground and roll around and just run off. Well, that's probably not going to happen in this lifetime, but that's the, the kind of the dream, right? And so we have to train and play like monkeys or cats. Cats and that's, are my and that's how we train too, which is exactly. which is great, you know, talking to you. So, so basically, you're saying is that we might see a person who's sitting in the center splits or the front splits, and they have the over split, but. Mm. Is it really something that we need? No, not necessarily. If, you know, that's not what's going to help us in whatever we're working on. So basically, flexibility then would be something that benefits us in our daily life. And that's the question, yeah. Let me just hold up a finger there. The... Our work, the way we position and describe our work these days, it doesn't sound like much. I'm going to say exactly what it says on our website. Grace and ease in the body and efficient movement. Now, it doesn't sound like much, does it? But the fact is that most people that we know, and certainly on my forums, and I haven't read your forums yet, so I don't know what it's like on your forums, but most people are complaining about how they can't squat down fully because their ankles aren't loose enough, or when they do this, their back hurts, or something else, their shoulder hurts, or... Grace and ease in the body is not what most people who are trying to, well, in the pursuit of excellence, if I can put it that, that's what we're about, isn't it? And also to look good without your clothes on. I mean, you've got to look good without your clothes on. Nice to have a bit of a six pack. Um, It's nice to have shoulders and legs and and to look good for the other sex or the same sex if you're that way inclined. But that's just one aspect of it. For me, the most important thing by far, by a country mile, is how I actually feel in my own body. And I can tell you now, at my current lofty grand old age, compared to how my body felt when I was an elite athlete, it's cheese and chalk, brother. Uh, my body is relaxed, comfortable. It can do lots of interesting things. It can do lots of good things. Uh, I'm pretty strong and pretty flexible. And, you know, I'm, I'm now, I've now got a senior's card. That's how old I am. I mean, that's just a crazy <laughs> idea. And when, and when I see my colleagues, and this is such a sad thing, you know, I'm, I'm 61. I was 61 a few weeks ago. And Happy I see my birthday. well, thank you. And uh, and I see my colleagues, and you know, I, it's hard to look. I don't want to. I don't want to look critical or, or seem to be critical. But I see, I see these massively dysfunctional bodies, and people. I mean, oh, I don't, I don't want to go on. You know what I'm talking about. You walk no, into any mall, yes. any shopping center, catch any bus or train, and just look at the state of the average person these days. They're unhappy. They're either desperately skinny or desperately overweight. There doesn't, I mean, and if you go to a bodybuilding gym, you see a whole different kind sure. of, of thing. Sure. But we don't want that. We, one of the things that we used to say about our work is we, that we're ordinary looking people doing extraordinary things. That's what we want to nice. do. Nice. Right? Nice. That's about it. We use flexibility for two major things. One is, supposing you can't do a pancake, then forget trying to do a straddle up and all the other things that, 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 that require that kind of active flexibility. If you haven't got that passive flexibility, brother, you're not, you're not in the hunt. You'll just be hurting yourself or 
stuck on a particular foundational element in whosoever system you're working on for a year or two years, as I've read on some sites. Um, and you know, that's not making progress. That's not helpful. These, these guys, I mean, maybe they just didn't get very good advice, but they were trying to do the same, you know, five by five repetitions on a straddle for two years. That's just crazy stuff. So what we would do in a case like that is that we use our flexibility techniques as a specific antidote to a movement limitation. And so, I mean, it, do you pronounce his name Jalo or Yalo? Jarlo. It is Jalo, okay. Yes. Well, Jalo, he's a physical therapist. He'll understand this perfectly, but the real limitation in doing the pancake for the vast majority of humans on the planet is either piriformis not allowing the sciatic nerve to pass through the, the or behind the hip joint being specific here for a moment. It could be nerve tethering in gastrocnemius in the calf muscle. It could be a fascial restriction or most likely gracilis and the inner hamstring are actually adhered. Their fascial sleeves are literally adhered for the, the last third or half the length of them down to and over the knee joint. And you know what this feels like. When you spread the knees apart and bend forward, there's that thin nasty mm. not stretching pain it's something else well that's mm. fascial adhesion and that that web that uh, youtube clip i put up recently which showed me doing the fascial wonderful. release that is exactly the stuff that i will teach anyone on any workshop anyway because there's nothing dangerous about any of those things and i'd love jalo to to look what i'd like to do it on him if he's not if that's a tight line for him i, I don't know whether it is or not i've never seen him move but but it, well, there's always someone in a workshop for whom that's a desperately tight line then we can change that. We, I had a guy in a workshop on the weekend, two weekends ago now, Adam, his name is, lovely guy. His body was about 45 degrees um, from vertical in, in a pancake position. And as the, the photos on the, on, the web, on the website, I think it was a Facebook page actually showed, after doing a fascia release and a couple of contractions, his face, head and chest were on the ground. And he lay down on the floor for 15 minutes after that. It was such a massive shock to his neural system. He'd never been in that position in his life. And it's regarded as a massive intrusion, you know. Anyway, so what you're just... saying is there's a magic pill to yes. stretching. For, for, for each person <laughs> and for each position and also different parts of the body, there's a likelihood it's more likely to be this than that. Mm -hmm. So each movement pattern, for example, a classic one, um, there's a movement where you might stretch your arm out behind you like this and extend the wrist at the same time. The extension of the wrist makes that a, a more of a neurally stretch on brachial plexus. And if you just, but if you don't bend the wrist, then it's more of a, a pec major, could be a bicep stretch depending on the orientation of the arm. So we had a guy, another guy, not on the same workshop, but another guy who couldn't properly straighten his biceps, very strong guy, by the way, an ex-shot putter, but he couldn't actually straighten his biceps. So he, his arms, forget, forget being just perfectly hyperextended so he could hold a plant position or something. This guy was, was massively, bound. he was yeah. massively working just to, just to hold his arms straight, little and get them just past. And so we put him down on the ground, and I, I've got this little brachial plexus stretch that I do where I use a book underneath the wrist, have the shoulder on the ground, and just gently lean on the back of the elbow, do a few contractions, then use their own triceps to stretch brachialis or, or brachioradialis, depending on which one it is that's holding the, the elbow just slightly flex. So that's one way of using the techniques, and we have literally, I would not exaggerate, we have literally hundreds of those sort of tool tools in the toolbox. But... For the for the for your general population who is actually getting to being loose enough, whatever that means for their own needs, mm -hmm. stretching actually has a much much more powerful use, and no one ever talks about this. We we talk about exposing the body to different little playful challenges 
to see what it actually needs on that day. And by that I mean, you will not know whether one of your lower back muscles, let's say quadratus lumborum, or it could be latissimus dorsi, those fibers that go over the SIJ joint, you won't know whether they actually need a stretch or not on that day until you've, something's gone wrong. Until three weeks later or four weeks later, you've got some niggling little injury. But if you do some what we call rolling around on the floor type classes, which are not just mobility, they're mobility and stretching together, just like what cats and dogs do. I mean, when cats lick, if you think about this, the real difference, incidentally, between cats and dogs is not their skeletal structure and not their muscle to skeleton weight ratio. They're identical, virtually identical. And the speed of their neural transmissions of their nervous system is exactly the same, about 300 feet a second, same as us, actually. Now, the real difference is the real difference is that cats lick every square inch of their body every day. And it's the most elaborate yoga routine the world has ever seen. It makes ordinary yoga just look pathetic, frankly. Just, it's just, like a self-check, basically, well, to well, see where it, they are for exa- the day. Exactly. I mean, just, Ryan, just while we're sitting, you just imagine or try to lick your own right hip. I mean, it's impossible. And they don't have hands. They're not using their hands to pull themselves into position sure, like a sure. yoga pose. They're doing it all with the core. Literally every spinal movement they make, they make with their own muscles. And so watching cats and watching how they do things and actually feeling them, you know, when you pick them up, they're so relaxed that mm. one end drapes over here and the other end drapes over here, and they feel like they don't have any bones in their body. Yeah. <clears throat> and dogs feel completely different to that normally, sure. right? Sure, sure. But you try to make a cat do something it doesn't want to do, and you're suddenly going to find that little soft, fluffy bundle (laughs) is spring steel. And for me, that's the model. We want to be able to generate immense power, but, and this is the thing that most humans can't do, they can ramp themselves up into all sorts of athletic endeavors and also psych themselves up into doing amazing things. But how many have you seen can literally switch that off when they're done? And the answer is almost no one. And that's the real value. That's the real value of flexibility. It's about interrogating the body to find out what it needs, especially fascial and neural dimensions, and what little little kinks just need straightening. That's the first thing. And the second is to develop the experience of being deeply relaxed in your body when you're actually awake and thinking and feeling it. Because, Because if you do that, then instead of when, you know, the usual reaction, if I, if I look over at you and say, Ryan, relax, what are you going to do? You're going to, what, what the fuck are you talking about? I am relaxed, right? That's normal response. But if you have the experience of being deeply relaxed in your body, it is simply another state that you can call on when you need it. And I assure you that in the modern world, we're talking about evolutionary advantage because let's face it, strength and flexibility and all those things, all of those things have the utility fundamentally in terms of what reproductive advantages they confer on the, on the owner. Those days are gone. Mm-hmm. The, what will really confer evolutionary and perhaps even financial um, um, benefits to the individual if you're in a company situation and the shit's going down and everyone's losing their head and you can actually not pretend to be cool but actually be cool and stay cool man it's, it's a di- you, you live in a different world so That's awareness and it comes down to awareness then yes. awareness the body, awareness fixes everything awareness is everything Ryan and so I mentioned this to you when we last talked but when we when we get a guy, we say, okay, we're going to teach you how to do chin-ups or pull-up right now. That's a pretty basic thing, you'd think. But we say, well, let's just watch you do a, a chin-up. Uh, are you an arm chin-upper? Do you pull only with your forearms and biceps? Or do you use your back muscles or both? 
can you feel it? And so what we'll say, we'll say, okay, try it, do it your way. Now let me give you a couple of cues. And self-cues are everything. That's the, the gold in this system is being firstly able to feel all the different parts of your body. And then secondly, keep this part relaxed, tense that part, and do something else on a third part. That's what our system is all about. And, man, you become, you become the expert in you. Forget going to practitioners. Great. You don't need a practitioner uh, yes. or an yes. expert. You become the expert in you. And, Ryan, I'm not just, um, you know, blowing smoke up your ass here. The fact is, the fact is, each human body is unique at this level. And, and no matter how good a teacher you are, and I mean, I've taught a lot of classes now over a lot of years, I can't look inside your body mm-hmm. and see what's mm-hmm. happening inside your body. Man, you're, you, this is your body. You have to know eventually in time, once you're armed with enough knowledge and enough direct experience, you'll know exactly what your body needs. So there's the two perspectives. One is the little lock and the key thing for the bits of your body that are stuck. Like so many guys, I'm just embarrassed at how people can't squat down, for example, keep their feet flat on the floor and parallel or knees together. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's real, right? Or can't do a full back bend, right? Now, I know you can do both of those things and many more things besides, but our population, the people that we're talking to, the people who want to work with us, the people who want to move themselves from that more or less couch potatoes functioning status to being what they really want to be, they need these tools. They need to know how to get strong efficiently. They need how to they need to know how to acquire specific movement patterns and which ones are more desirable for their body versus other ones. And when they find restrictions, they need to know how to unlock them. And you're the guy to go to for that. Well, um, we 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 all yeah. are. I mean, we in our own way. I mean, your movement stuff, for example. I'm looking very much forward to. Duncan was talking. He teaches something at his little gym called Animal Flow. But I know you yes. guys have a very similar thing in your own system and two of my guys one guy runs a site called ancestral movement mm-hmm. and another guy runs a site called aware relaxed connected and one of them has a, a deep background in chinese martial arts and the other guy has a background in similar things to the sort of things that i'm i've been talking about but these guys are fascinated by movement and they are becoming little movement geniuses it's just <laughs> a fantastic thing to see and so i found myself the other day at a workout i was on a fence fence um, that was about two inches around, maybe a bit less, maybe an inch and three quarters around. And and the guy who was teaching the class, and Olivia too, she's got superb balance because she's an ex-gymnast, they were walking up and down this fence. Man, I was struggling to squat on the fence. It's, you know, just trying to get myself up. But the thing is, I love doing things with my body that I can't do. Sure, and, and sure. That's, that's sure. what we're trying to expose ourselves to, right? And so the, the movement things are like that. I mean, if you've never done any of those lizard crawl or yeah, you know, crawling yeah. movements in particular... I mean, you don't know, you have no idea just how, how brutally difficult a workout on the floor where you're, you're hovering above the floor can be. I mean, am I right? No, you're completely right. I just love listening, you know, because I'm just like, yes, keep preaching, tell them. Look, and, and the thing is, this is not just for, this is not just for buff 25-year-olds or 20-year-olds no. either. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, and, and I, I mean... In my own system, um, I, I mean, I walk the walk and talk the talk. I can do all the things that I'm talking about. Um, I, I, I did a little YouTube clip the other day, and not that I recommend this, but I've been pestered by people for years to put up a clip on how to sit in the full lotus position. Yep, now, look, if you've, got, if you've got big legs, and I've got pretty big legs, I mean, actually, if you can do any of those, you know, single leg squat type things, of course you can have leg muscles, right? And, and glutes and everything else. Well, I, I have not met a dancer, for example, who can sit in the full lotus position. 
their quads are actually too tight. When you, if you look at that clip again, and I make the point in the clip, when the leg goes on top of the other leg, this muscle has to flow out of the way. Now, if you're a dancer, your tightest muscles are going to be quadriceps and hip flexors. Even if you can sit in, pro in front splits, you do it through massive anterior tilt of the pelvis, and you can do it because your hamstrings are so loose. Look, I've worked, I've worked with elite dancers around the world, elite gymnasts, athletes of all sorts of different kinds, and every activity has its indelible flexibility signature. So dancers, for example, and I love dancers, I think they're the most graceful creatures on the planet, male and female dancers, they all have incredibly tight necks, they have limitations in some shoulder movements, and they all have tight hip flexors, all have tight hip flexors. And, you know, I was working with two dancers on the weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before when we, did, we were doing a more serious one, um, and her splits in one workout just improved. She said, I've been trying to do that for years. Look, again, none of this stuff is secret, Ryan. That is just the practitioner um, hip flexor stretch have been on my YouTube channel for two years. But you've got to do the work, and you've got to, yes. you've got to, be, you've got to be precise about how you position yourself, and that is something, I think, that is unique in our work. Uh, for example, in the in the um, standing hip flexor stretch, which is a solo version of that that partner one, most people they they will tell you. I've, I've corrected honestly a thousand people. They'll say I'll say um, square your hip, bring it, bring that back leg's hip forward, and they'll they'll look at me. I'm looking I'm looking in the mirror. I'm standing right next to them. They say that is square, and I'll yeah. say, oh, oh, okay. I said okay. Watch this, and I'll put my hand on the front of the hip joint, the other hand under the glute, and I'll move it about four or five inches further into the stretch and you can just see in the face in the mirror holy fuck see, and the thing is your mind is telling you yes, that the hips square right. or that your tail is tucked even though there's visual evidence right in front of you the contrary because your mind will cheat in any way it can it just wants to avoid the stress that it's knows. looking for ease yes, yes exactly yes. <laughs> yes. It's so funny you mentioned that we have what we call the front scale and it's where you bring the leg up in the front and the base leg must lock out and we get the same thing and it's I'm locking my leg out. Mm, no, you're not. not. <laughs> Let, me a ruler. Let me get a rule to show you. Oh, look at that. The knee, the or or yeah. one that I love. I love. It's just the trousers I'm wearing. My knees yes. really are great. Yes, yes. Look. Mm, sure, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. So I love doing that too, man. Hey, listen, listen, we, you know, we can talk forever. And just to let everybody know, we actually pretty much did last time. I think we talked for almost three hours. I think that was amazing. What we're going to do is this is we're going to wrap it up here in a second, in a second. And, but what I want to know is where can everyone find more info on you? That's what I want to know. Well, we're going to link to your site. And you'll link to our site, and everything that we do is available via the homepage. I've got a YouTube channel which has a hundred and something videos on it. We've had half a million views. We've got over four thousand subscribers. It's actually a pretty small change compared to some of the, like Edo's site, for example. I mean, I don't know how many. He has what's he got about fifty million likes, I think, doesn't uh, he? Now it's something? crazy, yeah. It, so. it is crazy. But but what what some of our people said to me last week when we were talking about this, and this is such a good point, and I, you know. I hadn't really realized this, and this is the beautiful thing about working with other people and actually listening to what they tell you. One of my guys said, look, we're interested in quality, not quantity. Yes. And I thought, man, that's just so, so true. I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet, all of whom think they're the center of the universe. And no wonder we're, we have so many problems. <laughs> we're, we're actually interested in working with a very small fraction of those people. And if I might, might say again, we have an expression here in Australia, 
I'm not pissing in your pocket and telling you it's raining. Like that, that, that's what that's what the politicians do. I'm pissing in your pocket and telling you it's raining. We, we're not trying to do that. We just want to work with people who basically want to unlock their bodies and have some fun. Nice. Um, and we don't need that many people. And you know, in your business too, you don't need that many people. You just want it to be a really interesting, good experience. I mean, we're all going to de- be dead before we want to, and life is going to be shorter than you want it to yeah. be. So why waste it with assholes? Don't yeah. waste time with assholes. That is yeah. absolutely what we believe. And I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm not just flattering you here, but it, it, the reason we spoke for three hours last time is because it was such a pleasure well, to talk to someone who, who thinks so similarly. Not the same. You don't want to yeah, talk to sure, that's sure, boring. Sure. I can, I can, you know, just talk into the mirror. That, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, talk to yourself. When you, when you find yourself saying something interesting, take that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was, it was a fantastic conversation, and I, and I hope we have many more. And I'm very much looking forward to meeting you in June. It's Australia going to be is going to be wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Actually, that, that will be the very end of May. Uh, we'll have all the details up there for all of you listening. And so if you're in Australia, this is going to be a very special opportunity uh, to meet the both of us and hang out with us. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I want to thank you again uh, for taking the time. And you better believe we're going to have a follow-up. So oh, for any you know, so this it, is wonderful. It, it's it's a pleasure. Wonderful. It's a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much, and for the AP out there listening, be sure to listen to the the additional interview that I did with Kit a little while back. It's it's all good. It's, it's all fun. Good. <laughs> it's all good. All right, man. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.